And what I learned was anytime my hands were busy, I was able to process my day. I could think the thoughts that I needed to think without having my smartphone dictate what I should see and feel. It's Angelica Norton, your host of Chatty Crafties. This week we're doing something a little bit different, because today is my birthday, and I wanted to record something fun, and I was recently on stage for Testify, which is a monthly storytelling group. We had Kate Caldwell on, I want to say in episode three, because she is the creator and one of the producers of Testify. And she asked me to do a story for this month's show. I had three weeks to prepare, which is a little nerve wracking for someone who likes to plan it out and edit. And my memory is not the best. So uh, it's easier for me to speak into a microphone where I know if I forget something, I can edit it. So doing this podcast is not necessarily nerve-wracking, but getting up on stage where I might stutter or forget something or realize I'm on stage in front of people and be too aware of that, um, it's it's a little bit easier for me to do this. So instead of re-watching the video that was taken of me that night, I thought I would record my story and just have a short episode this month um, since I didn't have time to meet with anyone because I was preparing. So without further ado, this is my Manic Maker story for the theme of craft. It's the second half of our show and we still have some amazing stories. So let's get back to the good stuff. Um, Next up is Um, Angelica Norton. Angelica is a full-time landscape designer for Open Envelope Studio. I saw her website. The work is amazing. Um, And she's a mom to two girls by day and somehow squeezes in time to sew, write, embroider, and record episodes for her podcast, Chatty Crafties at Night. Um, If you haven't checked it out, it's really good. Um, So don't let that manic energy fool you. She recuperates by burying herself in a blanket and reading. Um, And she's here tonight, and she's performing her story, Manic Maker. So please welcome Angelica to the stage. Thank you. I go through periods of restlessness when I can't seem to get into a book Games on my phone don't hold my interest, and social media feels like a time suck. And when that happens, I know it's time to make something. I grew up in a creative household. My mom is an artist, my dad is a carpenter, and so art supplies and tools were always close at hand. If I had a question on how to make some art project, I would ask my mom, If I had a question on how to build or fix something, I'd ask my dad. In high school, I got into writing and performing angsty poetry, which turned into a liberal arts degree with a focus in creative writing. And then for grad school, it pivoted to landscape architecture. And there is an overlap, I promise. 
even though I work in a creative field, I still need an outlet for my anxiety and to center myself. And when I make something, everything else falls away. So when I'm in a deep dive in a writing session, that's all I think about. When I was pregnant with my second daughter about seven years ago, I wrote 100,000 words in about two weeks. And let's not talk about how good or bad that book was. I mean, no, it was really awful. It was a terrible book. But the exercise was there, and it was illuminating. I knew that I could write 100,000 words. And I learned more about character development and plot points. I've started a second book, and I'm about 50,000 words in, and now I write when the inspiration strikes. About three years ago, my mom called to ask if I wanted to get my girls any embroidery hoops, and I thought, but I want to learn to embroider. So I went to Austin Creative Reuse, and I found inexpensive embroidery hoops and embroidery floss, and my mom gave me a huge bag of supplies that were my grandmother's. And I got obsessed with perusing Instagram to get tutorials and learn different stitches and ideas. And what I learned was anytime my hands were busy, I was able to process my day. I could think the thoughts that I needed to think without having my smartphone dictate what I should see and feel. And a year and a half ago, my friend Genevieve sent me a baby sprinkle invite. And I knew I'd be making a small blanket, as I have for some 30-odd babies over the last 11 or 12 years. And I loved making baby blankets because my great-grandmother had made one for me, and I cherished it. And Genevieve had made a quilt for my older daughter. I had made one for her older son. So I knew this would go beyond, hey, tell me the colors in your nursery, which honestly, I'm not even going to listen to. I I basically just use that as a starting off point and then see what fabrics speak to me. And she had started a blanket, so she wanted to hand it off to me. So when she came over with those fabrics... We talked about what they had been used for already, and we talked about her process. She's more iterative. You can kind of see her sequence in the blanket. Um, If she gets frustrated by the machine, she'll move to hand stitching. And, And so for her, the process is kind of consuming. For me, I am more whole processed. I'll start a pattern and and there are definitely opportunities that I will take, but I will rip a stitch if I have to. I got amped thinking about this conversation about how we both approached a project. And since she's an expressive arts therapist, of course, we delved into the healing power of making art. And at the time, I had just started listening to podcasts. I think I listened to them for about three days before I realized I wanted to make my own podcast. And since I like to chat with people about their craft, Chatty Crafties was born, and Genevieve was my first guest. It's important to me to give someone a platform to talk about their art, because I know I'm not the only one with an itch to create something. I also know that in polite company, I tend to reduce an entire process because I don't want to dominate a conversation. So 
cutting small pieces of fabric into squares, piecing them together in a pattern and into blocks, and then sewing that top piece together with batting and the back piece, and then making bias tape to use as binding, and then stitching that on with the machine, and then hand stitching the other side um, after I've quilted it. That all gets reduced to making a baby blanket. And I know that when I hear someone's process, it makes me think about how I can do that thing. So I wanted to give my friends a soapbox so I could hear more from them because I figure if it inspires me, it might inspire someone else to try a thing they've never tried or a seasoned artist to pick back up the thing that they've put down for a while. I love collaborating, so I asked my friend Amber to help edit and produce the show and really kind of work out the structure of it. And my husband Matt played music, so I tasked him to create the intro and the outro of the show. And since Matt knew how to record music, he taught us how to use Ableton Live to edit the show. An early episode of our podcast was with the creator and producer of Testify to talk about the show since I was in the original group six years ago. Genevieve was a producer back then and asked me to be in the first show. It was on the theme of creation, and I told the birth story of my second daughter. And then a few years back, the theme was crushed, and the story that I wanted to tell fit in with that theme. And then this month for craft, Kate Caldwell asked me to tell another story. Um, and it was pretty obvious to me that I would tell the story of the podcast because it's kind of all of my crafting endeavors in one basket. I had Kate on the podcast because I wanted to get to the impetus of why storytelling was so important to her. And what a boon it was for Austin to have a place for people to share their souls for a dose of adrenaline. And so far, that episode has been the highest listened to, which I think has more to do with Testify and Kate Caldwell than my little old podcast, if I'm being honest. In one episode, Amber and I interview each other since... We wanted to know what it was like to be on the other side of the questions. And at the end of every episode, I ask each guest, if you were to give yourself a title for your creative identity, what would your title be? And Amber was the one that came up with this question, since that's what we titled the show. And mine was Manic Maker because of how I dive into a project at an almost untenable rate. In fact, we had recorded almost weekly episodes for the first seven months. And I have a full-time job as a landscape designer at a firm I co-own called Open Envelope Studio, and I already mentioned the two kids, so this was a lot for me, and I know it was a lot for Amber. So around the holidays, she graciously asked to step back and work on personal projects, which I understood and I appreciated and she helped me do something I couldn't have done on my own while helping me explore a new voice for myself. But because we had gone through that boot camp, I knew that I could edit on my own. And it's a lot like ripping a stitch, so I found that I, I really enjoyed it. In my most recent episode, I interviewed an old 
friend from college who's a musician and a visual artist. So he makes some public access style videos. And he made a music video with our friend Basil Malati. And it was to the 80s song Egyptian Lover. And it was this perfectly pieced quilt square of everything that was hilarious and amazing about Basil. And anytime I'm missing him, this is something that I can watch and and get a lot of comfort from. And I think this is really important to me because Basil passed away 15 years ago. So I I think having something for posterity, because time passes so quickly. I interviewed my kids and their friends about art they like to do at school. I interviewed my older daughter after she had done her first professional play. And those are going to be so fun to listen to later. I sat down with my mom to talk about when she knew she was going to be an artist because it was always a given that ever since she was a kid, she she knew. And so I wanted to talk about how my grandmother supported her um, and encouraged her. And I sat down with my dad to talk about how he started off in architecture and then moved to carpentry and woodworking and how he writes about the conspiracy of coincidence. And I also realized that I get this intense energy from them. My mom will paint for 12 hours at a time until a painting is done. And my dad will research for months at a time. And I know he's still researching because he doesn't have the internet. So he will call me to Google something like, hey, will you look up the first usage of the color purple? I recorded my husband talking about music and cooking and design and what the overlap is. And he and I sat down with his mom to talk about how he got his love of food from her and that she revealed that she loves to bring people together through food and through creating comfortable spaces. And I sat down and talked with my usually very timid cousin about how she gets a kick out of impressing people with her amazing baked goods. And these are theoretically people that I know pretty well when I'm interviewing family members, and somehow I still learn something from them. And now I realize that as soon as someone mentions their hobby in passing, I veer the conversation back around to it so I can get a read on whether or not they'd be a good candidate to sit across from me with a mic, and whether or not there's more to their creative story. And more often than not, I'll hear my friends and family how they don't think that they are good enough at something to be able to talk about it. But I don't feel like that's the point of making something. And that could be self-criticism or the truth, but I'm more interested in why they get the urge to make and work on their craft than the finished product. Because for me, I get that restless feeling because my love language is acts of service, so not necessarily giving gifts. I sew pieces of love into every blanket, and with the podcast, each episode is its own quilt square I'm piecing together of inspiring, passionate, creative people that have tapped into something beautiful. And I want people to know I love them, and making things fills my heart while clearing my head. 
thanks to Testify for having me on again and inspiring me to put my thoughts down about this podcast in a concise way. And thanks to our listeners. I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes of Chatty Crafties. I'm I'm recording right now. Mm, I love you. Love you too. I'll come in very soon, okay?